0: Blog Talk Radio
1: tune in to Roddy Perry Live. Once again, we are live and direct like we do every week with the best guests, the best people, the people you want to know, the people that you should know if you don't know. That's how I get down. And the best part about doing this show is from time to time, I get to talk to my friends. I get to talk to people I really like. I get to talk to people I really care about. Well, I, I always talk to people I care about. Like, I wouldn't do this show if I had to talk to people that I didn't give a shit about, okay? So, uh... So everybody that comes on this show is people that, that, that are interesting to me that I think will be interesting to you. So with that, uh, we got an incredible guest today, man, a fabulous comedian, uh, one of my favorite comedians uh, to watch, you know, because as a comic, um, you can become a little jaded, you know, because you see so much comedy. But, you know, I, was, I still really enjoy laughing. And this man makes me laugh. His name is Don Reed. Uh, he's been... Um tickling funny bones for decades, which is crazy to say because he looks like he's nineteen um but just an awesome guy man and um he's he's really uh, a staple in in the Los Angeles comedy scene but Really, nationally, he's just one of those guys, man, and uh, we're going to get a chance to chat with him today, so I'm excited about that. Of course, uh, before, I get like I, before I get started like I do all the time, I've got to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for um, continuing to support this show. Thank you for supporting um, um, urban comedy, black comedy. Because, you know, when, when I go out to these comedy clubs and, and I meet y'all face-to-face, there's nothing like it, man, and and we can't do it without you. We can't, let me tell you something, comedy is whack if I'm talking and the room is empty, you know what I mean? So with that, um, I, I just wanted to stop and make sure I said thank you, because sometimes as a comic, you'll thank you can come kind of after the fact, so... Tell hey, y'all what, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. I'm gonna take a quick break. When I come back, we're gonna be talking to my man Don Reed. He already on the line. He chopping at the bit. He waiting to do his thing. I don't know, no, no, I don't know, no, I don't know, no, no. Don Reed up next, y'all. Stay right there.
0: What did I do with my
1: last five hours? Let's see. I was a dietitian, a housekeeper, a pediatrician. Yeah, that was a third degree boo boo housekeeper, a sanitation engineer, a housekeeper. Good thing I have five hour energy to keep me going. What will you do with your next five hours? One, two, three, four. The black tour is coming through your door the black tour that's rodney perry's comedy tour coming to you this year that's right every city we're coming to check it out on my website www.rodneyperry.com you don't want to miss it
0: scary movies are great but i gotta admit my favorite films are the kung fu movies now i know you guys are, you know what i'm talking about i mean they do an excellent job of dubbing on these films don't they this is my personal tribute to every Kung Fu movie you've ever seen in your entire life. My personal tribute to Kung Fu Theater.
1: <laughs> hey, hey kids. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Sir, sir,
0: I was getting some rice cakes for my father. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, kid. You better get lost
1: before you find yourself
0: in a lot of trouble. I'll get my brother on you. He's the best kung fu in the whole land. <laughs> I don't care. Mm. Go get your brother if you want. Okay, but... you be sorry. <laughs> chinois, Chinois. Frank Ross says that you're no good. He won't let me get rice cakes. For father. hmm. hmm. <coughs> Show me where the journey is. is.!
1: Hmm. I'll take care of him.
0: No no, 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 no
1: no 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 I thought you were dead. As you can see... I'm very much alive. Prepare to die. Notice, eventually you'll have a classic. You'll have a bit that people will go, "Man, that's the guy that did that." And Don Reed has that. Man, first of all, I got to thank you for coming on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rodney Perry stage, my man, Mister Don Reed. What's up, Don?
0: Oh, so glad to be in the house. What's happening, Rodney?
1: <laughs> man, you know what? When they told me I had an opportunity to chat with you, I was like, you know, that's my friend. Like, I I, I like Don Reed. Don Reed is one of the nicest human beings in Hollywood. How have you been able to maintain who you are in this business for all this time?
0: Uh, I think uh, one of the key things is because I've been so nice, I didn't go crazy further because I'm Mm. not not willing to chop (laughs) my head off or stab him in the throat or punch him in the balls. So that's (laughs) the reason my role a little bit But you know what I, I think it's uh, The the upbringing And uh, You know From way back But you know but That's what my shows are about too The way I was brought up But nobody knew How I was actually brought up Did you know Do you know My background Do you even know it My craziness I, of, of how I, I grew up Well, well,
1: well, well let, let me tell you though I, I know your brother You know I've hung out With your brother In Oakland You Uh-oh. know I, I know I know snippets Of, right. of you know <laughs> The Don Reed Peppered Pass, <laughs> okay. Exactly. And, and so, uh, and and now you're doing a, a, another one-man show, which you, your I don't know if it was your first, but the first one I knew about w- went out to rave reviews. You t- you traveled it all over the country. You went to New York. You went to L.A. You killed in all of the all of the big cities. And now you have a, a brand new project, uh, East Fourteenth. T- tell uh, me East- about. Go. Uh,
0: East 14th was the first one. Then I did a second one. Now I'm on the third one, which is Can You Dig It?
1: Okay, These okay. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. So East 14th was the beginning. Right. That, that, and, that, was, that
0: for, was the beginning.
1: For those, for those who don't know, East 14th is is, the, is Oak, Oakland, you know, the, the thoroughfare in Oakland where you know if you ain't really from, from the town, you really don't need to be hanging around East 14th.
0: Uh, yeah you, ideally, you shouldn't. I actually, um, I grew up in Oakland, uh, and my stepfather uh, forced me to be in that religion that rhymes with Tohobah Sitnesses, right?
1: <laughs> no okay. birthday,
0: no Christmas, no nothing. <sighs> Uh, uh, I was a nerd, uh, everybody called me Blinky, because Rodney had all these tics, I used to blink my eyes and twitch my neck, almost like I had Tourette's or something, but th- I don't know what this shit was from, but I was doing a whole bunch of extra stuff with my face and blinking. But I was a nerd, I was an outsider, and at 16, I couldn't take the religion no more, especially because I couldn't have no draws either. There was no Christmas, no birthday, and no draws. So I moved in with my real father, but I had no idea that he was a pimp. Really? And so I went from strict, strict... Knocking on doors 100 hours a month until, wow, maybe you better get
1: yourself some. Here's some ladies right here, I'm trying to tell you. So it was wow. a big,
0: big flip. And the thing is, I never talked about these things in my stand-up back from the days of Robert Townsend Partners in Crime and the Cosby mm-hmm. Show, Different World. I never talked about that stuff because I was scared. And it took me until 2006 to start talking about that stuff. But it all opened up so many doors. is how I ended up getting the Tonight Show gig Uh, that I've been opening Tonight Show for almost five years now, over 1,000 episodes I've opened for the Jay Leno show, the Tonight Show with Jay Wow. Um, But this show right now is actually a prequel to that, and it's everything that went down, all the crazy stuff that went down before my father took off to be a pimp.
1: Okay, so Can You Dig It is is the show that's out now. Now, now, give me a glimpse into this. I understand what it is to create a stand-up set, What is it to create a one-man show? Because it's kind of a different animal, am I right?
0: It absolutely is, yeah. Uh, I do mine in kind of a hybrid fashion. There are beats for comic reasons that I turn on the the stand-up artillery, but it's also very much an arc. There's a story arc. There's a clear beginning, middle, and end, and Mm. it's, in in effect, a very – a very long story that you're telling, as opposed to, in stand-up, you can jump to this subject, jump over this subject, make a left, and now you're somewhere else. This has to track so the audience can be introduced to all the characters, introduced to uh, all the uh, hilarious comedic beats, but also tie in the dramatic parts. Because since you're talking about your life, it's not all the funny parts. It's a lot of funny in there. I say it's about 80% funny, but in real life, if you're telling a real one-man show – you're going to hit those dramatic beats where things went horribly wrong, wrong as well. Wow. So uh, the big difference is um, being able to track all the hilarious parts, but as life happens, somebody dies, somebody gets shot, something happens, and you have to bring the audience into that and make them stay with you and not only uh, appreciate the dramatic parts but not laugh at the dramatic parts. And that's some crazy shit. Sometimes people start laughing if you're not in the right place as a performer, they'll start laughing at some dramatic stuff. You're like, this wasn't supposed to be funny. This right. supposed to be like, you supposed to be crying by now. What the hell is going on here? So you have to track it properly, you know.
1: Man, uh, can you dig it? Kind of jumps into your uh, uh, Stand By Me years. Exactly. Um, what was it like for you to reflect on that time? I mean, you're a grown man now, but you really had to revisit that time. Was it a, was it fun or uh, what was it for you?
0: Parts of it were uh, hard. Parts of it were hard because um, a lot of the people have passed. But um, looking back now, uh, a lot of it can be funny. Now, when I was in it, the shit wasn't funny at all. There was a whole whole bunch of stuff going down. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I in the middle of? But now looking back, I can laugh at it. Um, for example, uh, this one time, uh, my uh, grand—my grandfather used to take us to all the Oakland A's games, took us to all the Oakland A's games, and we had some neighbors uh, who could never go because they, they were They Ronnie, were—they was this extra, extra Poe. They never had money. And they had this one son that we called uh, Little Dirty Ass Andy. He was filthy. <laughs> wait,
1: wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah,
0: yeah little, dirty ass, still, little, <laughs> little Dirty Ass Andy. And he wow. was filthy. And let me tell you, he was – he, they were so poor, he would sneak food out of the house in his pockets. Now, I'm not talking about a piece of bread wrapped in a blanket, uh, you know, in a little napkin or something. I'm, yeah. talking about, I'm talking about straight spaghetti in his pocket. He was just like a little filthy, gross, little gross-ass little kid, right? So one time, really? I swear to God, Rodney, we're all hanging out in front of their little dirty-ass house. You know, it's right. like a Sunday, people drinking some brown liquor, hanging out, my father's up there telling stories and stuff. Like right. 15 people hanging out in front of their house. And dirty-ass Andy came out of the house, holding a dead rat by its tail, and said, Mama, Mama, look what I found behind the couch. And his mother said, Boy, put that rat back in the house where it belonged.
1: Wow. Like, where it belonged?
0: What the hell are you talking about where it belongs? That nasty don't belong in the house. What you talking about, right? So wow. So all these crazy things went down. Um, now, if I try to look at the family, you got my mother, my father, uh, my oldest sister, Dana, uh, me and my younger brother Shelly, who was always getting in trouble and stuff. But right. my father, every other week, he'd say, "Listen, listen, look here, look here, look here, y'all. Now they say, they say I had another kid. That's what they're saying. They say I had another kid say. a while back. That's what they're saying. Now look here, uh, 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 right now, his name is Daryl. He's a little older than y'all. He's on the front porch right now. Come on, y'all, let's meet him. Let's meet him. Let's meet him. Let's meet him. Wait
1: a minute. That's how you met Daryl?
0: That's how I met my brother Daryl. And then he said, a couple weeks later, now there's somebody else y'all need to meet. Now, listen, this ain't even my son. And my brother Tony came in, who, although very young, had made major decisions about who he was going to be. He was very effeminate at a very young age, but nobody messed with him because he could kick everybody's ass. And Tony didn't want to play football. He didn't want to play basketball. And nobody messed with him. He did what he wanted to do. He wanted to play hopscotch and double dutch. And he'd be playing wow. double dutch, running two ropes at the same time, singing dirty nursery rhymes, going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Abraham Lincoln was a good old man. I said he fell out the window with his dick in his hand. He said, pardon me, lady, I'm doing my duty. Uh, pull down your jaws and give me some booty. Uh-huh, 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 uh <laughs> And he's like eight. I'm like, where the hell is your life going to end, like? What are you He's doing, my like like, brother? You <laughs>
1: ate? Wait He's a minute. You
0: ate dirty nursery rhymes.
1: So and wait getting a minute, all Do we get to meet all of these people And Can You Dig It?
0: And Can You Dig It, you get to get introduced to all these people. You get to see their full art from being uh, little kids all the way up until uh their adult and uh, through the high school years and even their adult years. Um that's a great thing about doing a one-man show. The show uh, is about 110 minutes, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an intermission where you can head off, have a cocktail at the bar. We have a full bar, and reflect on what you just saw, laugh some more at it, and then come back in and see the second half. Uh, and that's the, one of the major differences between uh, uh, stand-up and one-man shows is that uh, you can actually really lay out the full scope of people. You know, right? Uh, you get to meet each family. And you also get to meet my father's friends. Uh, you get to meet uh, my father's friend uh, Trout Mouth, and Trout Mouth was a pimp. Uh, wait, wait, who, why
1: they call him Trout Mouth?
0: Because he looked exactly like a trout, exactly like a trout. Now, <laughs> but they didn't call him Trout Mouth to his
1: face. No, okay. only my father
0: called him Trout Mouth to his face. Everybody else called him Trout Mouth. His name was Johnny Moe and his lips were curled down. That's one of the things you get to see in a the theater when it's intimate. I turn into these people. I completely change my whole body and flip it. And he would walk in and he'd go, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening up in this bitch right now? I'm just trying to tell y'all what's going down in the pimp game. I'll tell you what's happening right now. Uh Oh, who's that that over there? She is fine as a mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, though, all my father's pimp friends were around. My father was crazy and wild, but I didn't know later on that he was going to be the one who directed me to UCLA. People think just 'cause just because people are an outlaw. Right that they won't lead you to high ground. But my father was the one, when I was in the middle of the party with Daryl and Shelly and all my people in Oakland, who said, oh, uh, so, baby, tell me, what's happening with college? I was like, what's happening with college? Daddy, you're the I'll biggest player out of anybody. What you talking about college? He's like, no. See, you told me you want to be somebody, so I'm going to help you do that. Can you dig it? It can be dug by me. And he would just lay down the, the law on me. But, you know, the thing is, some people think because I have characters in my show that are pimped that it's pure exploitation, just the glorification of the pimp life. But actually what it is, it's a peek at that world and how people within that world can direct you to higher ground. From Oakland, East 14th, where people were doing, back then, major drugs, living the life, got girls working the streets, in the whole nine, my father said, I'm listening to the higher ground, push me, ended up going to UCLA, now I'm at the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. It's an arc that uh, you get to lay out, you know?
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about the the arc, man. Because I, as I'm listening to these characters and having spent some time in Oakland, I lived it. I lived in the Bay Area from '94 to '98. I oh, I know the dialect. I know the people. So to hear you get into one of these characters is really tripping me out. Do you have a sense that people really get it, or they think you're a caricature of something? You know, you know what I mean,
0: right? Uh, I think by the fact that it's the truth, and uh, the truth is stranger than fiction, as we all know. Mm-hmm. As I'm able to, I think if I had a, a short time on stage, if I was doing a 15 minute stand up set, people would go like, "That ain't for real. That's just like for stand up, and just he just made that up." Right. But when you get to see it over a period of of hour and a half. There's time to be taken. You actually get to hear the music, the setting. I get to set the, the space and the time of everything that's going on. So then people realize they are full-blown people, and you get to see them go from uh, some hilarious beats to some dramatic beats. That's another part. I think if you just saw me doing stand-up, you might go, oh, that was funny. But when you see that same person later on in the hospital then you get to say, wait a minute, These, right. this is a full-blown character going on here, you know. But um, it, it's really fun to be able to, to lay out uh, even just the experience of something that you would never see in any other situation. For example, one time, uh, my uncle. My uncle, uh, my, see, my father had his, you know, dirt going on with the extra kids coming out the back door every day. But my mother had her own family baggage, and she had a brother, my uncle, By age 30, he had spent more time in prison than as a free man. But back when he was 17 in In In-N-Out Juvenile Hall, they would entrust him to babysit us, Rodney. Wait a minute. He's he's a total troublemaker, and he's babysitting us, right? So one time he took uh, me, my brother and sister, across the street from my grandmother's house to this very questionable apartment complex down into the basement laundry room to see a bootleg screening of a movie. They had stolen the projector from a local elementary school. Now, back then, all the big spy movies were out. In like Flint 007. This night, down in this ghetto basement, they were they were projecting on a pea stained sheet. Goldfinger, the spy wow. movie, right. in the garage. I mean, down down in the basement.
1: James
0: Bond. <laughs> And if you think black people might talk in movie theaters, how many people do you think we're talking down in that ghetto basement laundry screen and everybody's talking, oh man, he's cool as hell, all oh, that motherfuckers is by. all oh, that was
1: going on, oh my
0: God, right? Everybody's down there, uh, he's a man, a man with the mightiest touch, my uncle's over in the corner talking a whole bunch of shit, oh man, look, there's a gold bitch on the screen. Ain't no such thing as a gold <laughs> bitch. <that's> a gold no <laughs> such thing
1: right? a Check gold thing. this
0: out. Wow, wow, you know, gold finger. Wow, wow, wow. Some black woman walks in in her house, shoes, checking on her laundry. It's going during the movie, wow. right? The laundry is going. She's like, oh, man, my stuff ain't even dry. Anybody got changed for a dollar? Says, don't be talking in the middle of the movie, girl. Shut up. You shut up. You don't tell me to shut up. You ain't my daddy. You don't even know who your daddy is. He loves only gold. So you get to lay out the juxtaposition also of what was happening at certain times with right. our Oakland hood life. So it's, it's quite a ride, man. It's quite a ride.
1: Man, you, you taking us on a ride today uh, The name of it is Don Reed's Can You Dig It Back Down East 14th Man, w- when you're When you're being this honest Because And, and, and let me preface this with this uh, I just celebrated my 43rd birthday And I realized As I was being honest with myself That I've been kind of a bullshit guy All my life And what I mean when I say that Is that i haven't been as honest as I could be on stage right and so to be dishonest, what is that for you now
0: well it it uh it changed my life um as you may well know uh I had got a lot of ride off of uh doing uh work uh like uh kung fu theater it was it was Pretty authentic that was a nice little full piece of me looking at something and being real about it but most of my stand-up was always always fantasy stuff i made up it was not about my life it was not about my truth at all but it also retarded my career i'm very aware of that and i haven't said this openly to people uh, wow. i it on the radio right now i was in the same step with jamie Foxx, martin lawrence Tommy Davidson were all in the same circle of time at the Comedy Act Theater in L.A. I got standing ovations every night, but I got blunted and stopped each way along the way because all those guys in some way or another were bringing their truth to the stage. Every one of them in some way, Damian Wayans, uh, Martin Lawrence, Uh, Chris Tucker, at some point they were being real about the experience and all of mine was fantasy. So when I tried out for In Living Color, I got down to the wire and the executive's word back was he's too white. He's too white. Saturday Night Live, down to the wire. Me, David Spade, and one other guy was down to the wire. Those two guys went. They said "Uh, he's not black enough. That was the word back. And the fact is, I was not doing you the blackest authentic. person.
1: you from uh, East 14th, Oakland, hey, California. How, <laughs> exactly. How, how black do you want? Know? Okay, yeah. but here's
0: the thing, though. I was not doing Troutmouth. I was not doing my father. I wasn't telling any of these stories about my real life. I was not living my truth. I was on stage only doing impersonations and fantasy. If I probably did one of these characters, my uncle, my father, my brother, if I did any of them, I've probably been in the cut. But because I was not living my truth, everything got shunted. Everything got retarded. And wow. that's why I want to say to Young Comics now, as soon as you can, find real you. Be yourself and lock into your real truth because it will accelerate your career far faster than hiding. I hid <clears throat> behind other impersonations and other sound effects, but not my true Oakland life, all the way up until 2006, and as soon as I did it, I went off Broadway in New York, boom, Tonight Show found me, boom, I got all kinds of different deals as a result of being myself, and I I was making a living, but I was stuck right in the little window for quite a a while, uh, because I was not being uh, honest uh, with my comedy.
1: Man, that's such an awesome lesson, because I don't know if all of us get that. You know, and people, regardless of race, creed, color, th- people are always searching for the truth. And so if they go to you and they don't find that in you, you know, that they'll go somewhere else. And And, yeah. and on a second note, a lot of people think that white people that consume comedy – want black people that aren't black, but it's really not true. They the blacker, the best. there is no black superstar comedian that's not undeniably black.
0: Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> you <know>. That'd <Right>, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, wow, be
0: offended. Right, right.
1: Yeah. So man man, so you're in a great space now. Um the uh this show is up, um Since September You're going Through October Uh, Is there plans For another run Are you going Off Broadway again Are you going To New York
0: Well first This show Just now um, Just won uh, CBS uh, One of the best One person shows In the San Francisco Bay Area Now they only chose Five And there are Hundreds of solo shows In the Bay Area Mm -hmm. But um, It just got chosen As one of the top five And now it's been Extended to December 14th So New information just out. The show has been extended to December 14th at the Marsh in Berkeley.
1: And you run um, uh, Saturdays?
0: And uh, Sundays. What, what
1: are the show times, Saturdays to Sundays, 8.30 Saturdays and 7
0: Sunday. p.m.? Yeah, 8.30 on Saturdays, 7 p.m. on Sundays at the Marsh in Berkeley. It's right next to the bar station, right next to Oakland, uh, in, the, in the East Bay. Uh, ran in San Francisco for a while and just moved over to Berkeley um, in September. And now we'll be running straight up to Before Christmas and Alive and Kicking. I'm going to take uh, – since I have three shows now, um, I will be taking them uh, starting in February. I'll be taking them to, uh, uh, back to Off-Broadway in New York, to Chicago, to Atlanta, to uh, Miami, um, Seattle, so I'll be uh, bringing them across the planet because I haven't been able to travel very far because of the uh, Tonight Show and um, because if I got stuck somewhere, I can only go as far as the bay really, but it also forced me to grow because I always was known for doing the same material over and over, but now because of the Tonight Show, I can't travel very far, so I had to come only to the bay, so I had to change my material
1: what did i do with my last five hours let's see i was a dietitian a housekeeper a pediatrician yeah that was a third degree boo-boo a housekeeper a sanitation engineer a housekeeper good thing i have five hour energy to keep me going what will you do with your next five hours fourteenth dot com. That's E A S T fourteenth dot com. Uh, the Facebook is Don dot dot seven seven nine six and um MySpace. Don MySpace? I'm not gonna say that Don. Go ahead and say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even been there.
1: <laughs> the Twitter page is Don Reed Now. Make sure you follow him on there man. Um man, you got such a such a great career and you're, you're, you're um, traveling the country with this show. Um, what else do you want, man? You, you got the, you, you're over over there with Jay Leno, which is a great, great gig. Um, what else does Don Reed really want?
0: Well, I've got, uh, I just had a feature film that I wrote, Optioned. I actually had a, a, a film uh, in development with Spike Lee's company back in the day, and that got me kind of on the feature film uh, flow for a while, um, sold some independent features. But I have a, um, a fairly large feature that was recently, um, that was recently uh, optioned by a producer, and uh, it has a nice little shine attached to it. But my, my actual goal is to end up with a, uh, a sketch comedy show. Um, that's what I pretty have a solid gift with is the, is the uh, characters. So I want to do uh, a sketch show. Uh, that it's kind of a hybrid if you had to put uh Chappelle show and Carol Burnett together, if you want to go back it. on it, it would be uh like that. Um and um as a result of being at the Tonight Show I have had I've been at Grand Central Station in terms of different connections. So okay. I believe I have all the right players in place for everything to launch to uh that next level for uh well, well can I put
1: and I never do this Don, but can I put my head shot in <laughs> <laughs> because if I would do a, a sketch show with anybody, it would be Don Reed, man. I so respect uh one, your comedic style and and two, like, I just love the show, man. You put on a show to end shows like that's like I love like people that rip. <laughs> You completely destroy stages, and and now you're taken to even another level with the with the one man show arena, man. Uh, I, I'm just a fan, man, and I can't thank you enough for coming on. Hey,
0: you know I thank you too, and I got to tell you, uh, Rodney, uh, and I know this is not the normal dynamic the way it goes, but I want to give you major kudos, man, for for being a uh, a person who had a flavor of student, then got his. Uh, masters then got his PhD in comedy. And wow. I saw it happening. I saw you listening. I saw you watching people while other comics were in the back, kind of like, yeah, 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 man. So check this out. I'm going on next. I would see you watching Steve Harvey, different people, watching the game, watching their visual appearance, how they presented themselves on stage, how some guys walk in and just like, got, you know, got on some jeans, whatever, play here, whatever. And you said, I'm going to go professional. I'm treating this like a business. I love it. I'm having the most fun I possibly could, but I'm also looking at it from a business and almost collegiate point of view, and I've seen that in you, man, and it's impressed me and it's impacted a lot of people, and that's why such great things are happening for you now and all the things that have happened for you, you know?
1: Man, man, it's awesome, and and I I completely accept that because I think you have to be a student. Like, you know, I – the, the generation that's coming, my, my peers, my direct peers, and the peers that are after me, uh, a lot of people just kind of want success without doing the work. I said this the other day. People want what you have without doing what you did. People people don't know your journey. Oh, yeah. You know, people look at Don Reed and go, oh, man, he's a warm guy on a nice show. He's got a one-man show. But they don't know the life you had to live to have the experience to be able to be in that place, you know, and so you have to make yourself a student. You have to understand. And and with that comes a, a sense of humility, man. And, and you've always been forthright. Like all of the vets wouldn't stop and have a conversation. And you would always do that, which was always dope to me. Because, I, I, Diary, I'm going to be honest. I was a fan long before I met you, you know, oh, that's and. My fault. I mean, because I love comedy, and I can remember doing, you know, the, the kung fu, me and my cousin, because we would fight. We would do the karate. <laughs> we would play karate. That was the name of the game, because, you know, right, we, right. we wasn't that creative. We'd play karate. And, right. <laughs> and we would, <laughs> and then I saw you doing it on Partners in Crime, and I was like, that dude is genius, because that's what we used to do. <laughs>
0: That's too much. All you know, the thing is, it's interesting. You know, uh, this is a slight tangent, but when I was on the uh, uh, Partners in Crime specials, and and if I can get a chance, I can throw this other quick story in there after that. Um, Mm -hmm. um, When I was on Partners in Crime, doing all those vocal, (laughs) you know, all that stuff, I got calls from voiceover agents. Okay. So I ended up starting, I started doing voiceover, I, did, uh, I was uh, Elvis Rock for the Flintstones. A lot of people don't know that a brother was Elvis Rock for the Flintstones. Get out of here. Back in the day, exactly. Uh, I was um, Dr. Clay Mark on Spider-Man. I did Johnny Quest. I did uh, Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego. Just a, I did a lot of animation wow. based on people seeing my cinema. and say, hey, he could probably do animated voices. The thing is, though, uh, once I got with the, um, with the animation agent, Uh, One day, uh, NBC called, and they needed someone to come in and voice the spot and write the spot, and my agent said, Don, can do it. So I shot over to NBC, I did it, and then they offered me a position to co-run the voiceover division at NBC. I was at NBC for two years as an ad executive promoting all the comedies, Friends, Frasier, Seinfeld, Third Rock from the Sun – And I learned a lot about the television game behind the door. Some of it I can't actually say on the air, but I'll tell you. You call me directly, and I'll tell you some stuff that you wouldn't believe in terms of how uh, advertising and promotion, and I don't mean like the commercials. I'm talking about the way they promote the actual show. The fact is, before anyone ever decides to watch your entire show, they make a decision about it off that 30-second or one-minute promo. That's it. And if you don't ask an artist, once you get your first shot, once you get your first pilot or whatever, if you don't have a hand in controlling or having a say in how much you like that 30-second or one-minute promo that America sees first, before they right. see your half-hour hilarious show, they decide whether they're going to watch it off of that one promo or those three or four promos. And Got it. And upon you to hop in there and say, hey – do you need me to help do the voiceover? Do you want to shoot some extra footage on it? Some people go like, I'll just cut together something from the pilot. But sometimes what reaches people is something different. So anyway, the point being, um, uh, you got to have a hand in it. And uh, it was interesting. At first I thought there was a bit of a tangent to go down that road, but I learned so much about the game that by the time I'm circling back now, I know a lot about what happens uh, in, in the offices, in, in the yeah. meeting.
1: And, and there are no accidents. There are no accidents. Right. I mean, you know, your journey is very deliberate, man. So I think that you know, it, it's it's just awesome that that's a great story, dude. What?
0: Hey, I had check no this. idea. Exactly. Now, now check this out. Here's here's a uh, quick story. We got a little bit of time here. I can tell you something. Pretty yeah, fast. yeah. Come on, man. Okay. So uh, here's what happened. Uh, I was um I was um uh, on the Robert Townsend Partners in Crime special, right? So Robert Townsend calls me at home and says, uh, it was a little after that, just a little after that. Robert called me and said, Johnny Carson saw you on the Partners in Crime special, and he wants you on the Tonight Show before he leaves. He called me at home. Wow. Said, you can do this. He said, maybe 3 million people might have saw you. 25 million people are going to see him now because I'm leaving in about a month and a half, and I want Don Reed on the show. I had a little afro then. I'm all excited. Boom. It's going to happen, right? So he said, tell your people to call. I had my manager call the show. She calls me back. I don't know what's going on. I can't get through. I'm like, hey, you better get on this. Johnny Carson called. Handle this. She called me back a little later. She's like, I don't know what's going on. I, can't, I just can't get through. It's not working out. I said, get on it. He called Robert directly. So she calls me again. She says, uh, there's a gatekeeper guy that wants to see you do two or three minutes to see if you're good enough. I was like, no, 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 no. Somebody yeah. got something mixed up. Johnny Carson said, call his office. She called me back later. She said, I guess it's not going to work out. I guess it's not working out. I'm like, what are you talking about, right? So I uh, uh, go to do Partners in Crime on tour with Robert and Damon and, and Spoon, uh, Witherspoon. John Witherspoon. Yeah. We're, we're at the uh, Circle Star Theater, and Robert says, what was it like doing the Tonight Show? I don't get to watch all the time. I said, I didn't do it. He said, you didn't do it? What the f***? What's going on? What do you mean you this Swiss? <laughs> he called me. He said you better check this out, right? So I got a phone call from somebody in the office who was an assistant, almost slash gopher, who booked tickets to get coffee, put toner in the copier. He called me. He said, "Don, she never called Johnny's office." I'm like, "What?" Wow. Said she never called Johnny's office. There's another comedian she has who'd been on once before and she didn't want to ruin his chances of getting on again, so she only called the gatekeeper guy. She never called Johnny's office. She also said she don't care if you get a movie or a TV series or anything, as long as you're on the road, the lease is paid, the lights are on, there's toner in the copier. You've got to leave. You've got to leave. So I left. Now, 27 years later, I'm, I was at this car dealership wondering if I was going to get this car or not, phone rings I'm on the phone and this guy says listen uh, the, the, we saw um, uh, your one man show was on the radar and it made people think about uh, who would be uh, uh, good comics to be the new opening act for the Tonight Show with Jay Leno would you be interested he said, I said yeah 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 he said the, the bread is great you stay in town you see your family every day so I went down they broke it down there was tons of guys who wanted the gig but they broke it down to three people We each had a day to go up uh, to do the show. A guy went first. I went the second day. When I was done, they said, Don, it's your gig. I got it, and believe it or not, the guy who called me and said, would you be interested in the gig, was the guy who used to be the little gopher in the office 20 years ago and said, Don, you deserve the shot at this. And so the universe, like you said, no mistakes, worked it out that way. Now, you know, Been on the show like four times doing sketches with Jay and stuff, and done over a thousand episodes. And it's linked me to everyone I could possibly ever want to talk to, you know.
1: You almost made me cry just here for real. (laughs) Oh, man. It's real talk, you know. It's so, so amazing, man. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to them. The, The show is Can You Dig It? It's back down East 14th Street, man. Um,. Don, I'm I'm so excited for you. Uh, Again, I'm I'm such a huge fan. Um, Where can people find you and get in touch with you, bro?
0: Okay, well, um, they can go to themarsh.org. The Marsh, M-A-R-S-H.org, is where you can get tickets, and that um, allows you to uh, be up in the show on Saturdays at 830, Sundays at 7 p.m. at uh, 2120 Austin Way in uh, Berkeley. Uh, I live on uh, Facebook. I'm on uh, Twitter, Uh, Don Reed Wow. It's Don Reed now, too, but go with Don Reed Wow. That sounds cooler, and I do actually have a Twitter handle there, Uh, Don Reed Wow. Um, Also, East14th.com is the website for the uh, show, and I'll have a new website launching soon called DonReedComedy.com, which will have all my reviews from The New Yorker, The New York Times, San Francisco Chronicle about a brother blowing up? <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, I love it, man. Hey, again, you can go to the website, themarsh.org, or you can call the number, 415-282-3055, Bay Area. Go out and make it your business to see it. This is your son. This is the Bay Area son. Oakland, San Francisco, <laughs> San Jose, uh, uh, Vacaville, come through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said Vacaville. Put him in there. <laughs> Vallejo, come on out. Man. Yeah,
1: everybody come out. man. man, I can't thank you enough, man. I can't wait to get offline and chop it up with you like we do every once in a I'm while, good. you know. And, uh, man, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I appreciate you being patient with with us, man. It's been a great, great chat, bro.
0: Thank you so much, I really appreciate it, Rodney, and all the power blessings to you, man. Even more greatness is shooting right towards your head. Don't duck. Don't duck. Well, I'm gonna ducking. you.
1: <laughs> my right. man. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. you tune tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. That's my man, Don Reed. Go check him out. Y'all stay right there. We'll be back with more Rodney Perry Live. When it comes to being better, what's better? Being better or worse? Better. Okay, and what are you better at?
0: I'm better at telling jokes.
1: Okay, let's see what you got. Knock, knock. Who's there? Queen. Queen who? Queen, my dishes, please. Queen. It's Queen to make it funny.
0: He doesn't get it. It's not complicated. Better is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest and now most reliable 4G LTE network.
1: Are you ready for more laughs, a new stage, and more Robbie Perry? Well the wait is almost over. That's right. Off the chain is coming back. sit fall on Bounce TV. Bounce TV. TV. Our way. If you're looking for the latest in comedy, news, and entertainment, the only place to go is the Humor Meal. Check out the website, HumorMealMag.com. Humor Mill, the only place for comedy, news, and entertainment. I see you, Frank. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. That's our show for today. Check us out next Monday, 2 p.m. We are doing it. This is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live.